You're listening to your Dental Top 5 podcast with Amanda Hill, informing you on the top trends in dentistry every Thursday. Brought to you by the creators of A Tale of Two Hygienists podcast. And now, here's your host, Amanda Hill. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Your Dental Top 5, where we take trending topics in dentistry and break them down into five usable highlights that you can take back to your op, your life, just look smarter at your next dinner party. I'm your host, Amanda Hill. So today's episode goes along with something that I have just written and that was published in Dentistry IQ. Uh, And it's part of the Dear Patient series that I've been working on. And it's called Dear Patient, Your Insurance Company Doesn't Care About You. And, you know, a little racy, right? But I think we all have our beef with dental insurance companies. And so to talk about dental insurance, I wanted to bring on an expert uh, to tell us the top five things you might not know about dental insurance, because it's kind of the wild, wild west out there. And I was lucky enough to meet this amazing hygienist that has uh, been around the block for a minute or two, or maybe 50 years next year, um, Kathy Forbes, RDHBS. And she's going to tell us all about her ins and outs of uh, her experience with dental insurance and her knowledge of coding, right? Coding. Kathy, thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. I am so excited that we got connected and I've so enjoyed talking to you and sort of learning a little bit about your journey. But would you mind telling our listeners um, kind of maybe a shortened form because we don't have enough time to hear the whole journey, um, kind of about how this became something that you're interested in and know a lot about? Well, thanks. It's It was by happenstance. I, uh, As you mentioned, I've been a hygienist a long time. I've taught most of those years. And to be honest, I never even in teaching thought about insurance codes whatever i did what i did on the patient and sent the chart up front and uh figured it got taken care of and very long story short i ended up in an office where i needed to pick my own procedure codes and think about insurance and i'm going but i don't want to think about insurance i don't want to think about the patient and all that kind of stuff yeah no i don't want to talk that that's that's the the business staff's responsibility Anyway, um, through the years, I learned what the procedure codes was, what insurance really wasn't, and that's the key about today's presentation is the, uh, the general public, including staff, tend to not understand what insurance is. They think it's the same as medical, and it is a totally different animal. And so back in the early 90s when I started my company, I went, I want to get this message out so that staff can talk to patients and then educate them about what their insurance is, and but mostly what it isn't. And uh, let's face it, in hygiene schools, they don't teach a lot about communication and how to get this message across. So I thought, all right, there's a need, and I'm going to see what I can do to fill it. And even, you know, when I started this in the 90s, I thought, well, I'll get everybody educated, and I'll be done. Well, <laughs> I'm never going to be done, which is good. <laughs> I love sharing this information and helping hygienists actually help the business staff in this department. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm one of those hygienists and I'm sure much like many hygienists and much like you were mm-hmm. like, I don't care about codes. I don't care. It's my job to treat the patient, how the patient needs to be treated and forget all that other stuff. But, um, over time and over, you know, remaining curious and remaining a learner, I have learned that there is merit in understanding this and really Absolutely. truly helping patients and our team understand, I, I love what you're saying, what dental insurance isn't. It's That's is such a big thing that we need to wrap our heads around. 
Um, so yeah. I'm so glad that you are out there helping us learn that. Thank you. Thank you. So let's launch into our top five. Okay. So what are it. the top five things you might not know about dental insurance? What's number one? Dental insurance is not really insurance. Bottom line, it is not really insurance. The definition of insurance is protection against the occurrence of an infrequent catastrophic event. Things like what's going on, the, the fires in, in Northern Cali in California, the Lake Tahoe ones. How about the Hurricane Ida that just hit landfall? Those are infrequent catastrophic events. Back when 9-11 hit, I, 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 in my courses, I said, look, we're going to watch dental benefits shrink. And by gosh, they sure have because some, someone has to pay to rebuild all that. And it's the insurance companies. And so they're trying to gather money from wherever they can to help pay for those infrequent catastrophic events. And an, and an easy place to pull it from is dental benefits. And that's unfortunate, but that's kind of what it is. Because dentistry is involves a frequent occurrence of non-catastrophic events. Okay, no one's going to have their house blow down because they got a toothache, you know, kind of thing. Uh, one of the things that we talk about it, you could call it a dental benefit. The, for years, I talked about it like, an, uh, in, like a scholarship. Let's say you have a $2,000 scholarship and the university decides 50% goes to tuition and 20% goes to books and 30% to lab fees. And you either use it or you lose it. And that's kind of what dental insurance is. Another example that I've using lately is gift cards. Think about that your employer put $2,000 on a gift card to use for dentistry. And part of it goes toward the major things. Some goes to the, you know, the, the preventive but it's a gift card and it's a not it's not taxed. You get this gift card and you either use it, but it expires at the end of a year. So you might as well use all those benefits. And I found the public tends to relate to gift cards because we see them all over the place. But the, the kicker on dental ones is they expire at the end of the year. So it's just a benefit. It is not insurance. In fact, in my slides and my courses, I always put the word insurance in quotes because it isn't. It isn't. It's just a benefit. So that's why it's I, not I often real. think of it like, yeah, I think of it like my car. You know, I have car insurance for a car accident or, you know, if, you know, my car got flooded. But I still manage to pay for the oil changes and the tune-ups and the new tires and sometimes a really expensive one. You know, there's like it needs, I don't even know, new engine. No, not really. But you know, you know what yeah. I'm saying? You figure out how to pay for those things. So you don't have insurance for those things. Those are maintenance. And so it's almost like, um, yeah. So it's kind of similar in that, in that regard. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I swear when I've been in private practice out of eight patients a day, at least six times I'm telling patients this analogy because they always, I only want yeah. my insurance pays. Well, it, it really isn't insurance. And we need to educate uh, the patients, but also we need to educate the staff. I'm sorry, most dental staff do not understand this concept. So I'm really out there trying to get them to understand what it is so they can talk to the patients about it. One of the things that I love taglines when patients come in and say, my, you know, my insurance will pay for all of it. No, it doesn't. And they get very upset with the business staff as I sincerely say, I'm so sorry your employer didn't negotiate better benefits for you. Now, we in dentistry all kind of laugh, but that's the truth. And that's the minute the you say yeah. that, I tell people, I tell staff, put it on a post-it note by your phone and say it because the patient goes, oh, you know, they just go, well, I hadn't thought of that. 
Uh, but it takes the monkey off the, the back of the per business person who's having to explain this to him. So I think it's really important for staff to understand. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, what's number two? Number two is, do you realize there's over 250,000 dental plans, each with their own rules and denial benefits and cost containment feature? I mean, 250,000 individual plans over. There's no one business person that can understand everything. I think we as clinicians go to the business say, well, tell them how much it's going to cost to have scaling and root planning. Well, of those two, you know, unless they know that usually off the top of their head, but most offices, what I tell them is know your top 10 plans that you're seeing come through your office and you should be able to, you know, ask those pretty quickly. But yeah, there's just no way that any one person can know all of that, even with an internet and, and surfing around. Uh, we just have to have a basic idea. So as a clinician, I've got to remember that you, you need to treatment plan what's best for that patient and then you know, send them up front and help your business staff to be able to know in terms of how to bill their insurance carrier for those procedures. You know, that makes me feel so much better when my patients are like, uh, so does my plan cover this? And I'm like, I don't know your plan. <laughs> like, I can't tell you if your plan covers this. <laughs> so mm -mm. there's really no way for me to know. Nope. There's no way even for your business person, unless they're one of those top 10 to be able to know. Now, I always made it a point uh, when I worked in private practice to kind of know those top 10 myself, just because I always find this fascinating. And uh, yeah. I always love to do the follow-up phone calls for the business staff when they have a really hard, you know, put me on the phone. I love talking to those customer service people to, you know, help them understand too what's going on. Absolutely. Oh, that makes sense. All right. Well, what's number three? Number three is most staff don't realize that the doctor is to sign up with a PPO, they've agreed, agreed excuse me, to take a 20% cut in their fees. That's kind of average. And so trying to put this in the terms of numbers is let's say your office has $100 procedure and you go, okay, well, I'll sign up for this PPO and I'll only charge those people $80. Okay. Well, out of that $100, you have to pay for all the overhead expenses and most overhead is about 60%. So figure out of a $100 procedure, $60 goes toward overhead. So you got a $40 profit and you go, okay, so if most dentists will think about, well, if I only have to do 80, 80 cent, $80 out of the hundred, okay, I can get by just to get that group of subscribers as patients. But what they don't remember is that overhead is still $60 for a $100 procedure, whether you charge 60 or 80. So if you take that 80 and subtract the 60, what do you get? 20. Well, what that basically is saying to take a 20% cut in your fees means you take a 50% cut in your profit. Ooh. And you go, oh, maybe that wasn't such a good plan. So that's why dental offices are always at, you know, expected to have a marriage of different types of PAM, fee-for-service and whatnot. But yeah, that 20% equals a 50% reduction in, in overhead. And you start thinking about that and you go, oh my goodness, you have to you know, put on the roller skates from room to room to be able to make up that difference. So, yeah, I, you know, I live in a military area and the military PPO, basically, mm -hmm. that they have here, uh, they reimburse for a profi less than my hourly wage. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
It's, it's insane. It is absolutely insane. So getting, again, staff to understand that, but getting dentists. I did a course years ago here in Texas, and a dentist came up to me, and he had signed up for like 30 PPOs, and he wasn't making any money, and I'm going, <clears throat> and had no clue. He just hadn't put the numbers together to understand. Really good at doing the restorative work, but the business side didn't have anything idea that, that, that it was that. Wow. cutting into wow. his profits. All right. Well, what's number four? Number four is something that many office don't know about, bill, balance billing for optional services. Now, most people have never heard of that. And it's something the insurance carriers don't actually even put into their policy manual. It's crazy. You kind of have to find out by knowing something like this. Now, optional services is where the, the insurance carriers decided there are certain procedures they will allow you to bill the patient. But they don't write a chapter on that. They just call it optional services. Now, here's an example. One carrier would pay for sealants only on molar, permanent molars. Okay, we've seen that before. But you've decided the p- patient would benefit from premolars. Well, in the traditional mode, you could do premolars, but you'd have to write it off. No, call the insurance carrier, say, do you have any optional services for sealants? And they will tell you, yes, you can do them and you can bill the patient. So there are procedures and, and it's becoming more so, but unless you call and ask, do you have an optional services clause that, and what procedures are there, you will never know that you can actually bill the patient for those things. So it's called balance billing for optional services. Wow. I have to think that list is probably growing because I feel like they're covering less and less things. So more and more things are ending up on the list. <laughs> yep. And I think carriers are understanding that we've got to let the, the, the practices bill patients for something. You know, I'm sure it's not the major stuff, cause, but in terms of don't let those little things go. And unfortunately, it takes a phone call to the carrier and many offices don't have time, you know, so, you know, I often tell hygienists, if your patient doesn't show, you know, you can only restock your room so many times, but go say, I'll get on the phone and I'll see if these different carriers have optional services available, particularly in the, they seem to be more prevalent in in the preventive end too. Interesting. Well, and and don't forget, you can always uh, use a Quick pass from Pro Edge and touch your water lines if you have a minute. Because, you know, I love, I love the water line test. But yes. anyway, yeah. <laughs> I can't stop talking about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, what's number five? Number five is always list the dentist's fees on every claim. Their full fee. Um, many offices, they go, maybe they've got dealt, you know, a, a dental plan A. And they've agreed with that $100 procedure to charge the $80. You don't go into the claim and put $80. You always put the $100 in and let the carrier remap to the $80. The reason being, and carriers take a look, you know, how do they determine those those amounts that they're going to allow us to bill? It feels very arbitrary, those amounts that they pick. But what they do is they take the claims we submit and see, like, how many times is the $100 procedure submitted? And then they'll look at what they remapped it to, and then they come up with an average. But if you send in the $80, they'll remap it to 60 and figure that's what the fee is. Now, is that why we should always put in everything we did, like, um, let's say, uh, 
periodontal charting and give that a code. And we should give a code to, to all of the, the even if it's not a covered service and that Absolutely. way they know we're doing it. Absolutely. You've got to put yeah, in the codes. code. Right? right, that gingivitis code that we know they're not going to cover, but well, we do they're, it they're anyway. covering more. They're covering well, more, and are they yeah. covering it because we submitted it? Is Absolutely, that how it works? exactly. I'll give you an example. That's why codes you, matter. Years ago, we did not have a gingival irrigation code, and Aspen Dental, uh, who is all around, collects data like crazy, and they found, and I've talked. This is a true fact that they. People were submitting gingival irrigation under the 999 code over half a million times. And so they said, I think we need to create a new code. So we have that gingival irrigation code because the insurance carriers wanted it to be able to track the metrics. So if we don't send in that we're doing these things, we go, well, we're not charging for it. I don't care. You submit it anyway with a zero. They won't know we're doing it because they collect all that data to determine what we're going to do. So, yeah, as far as that gingivitis code, keep submitting it. They, they may not pay much. But they will pay something. They w- may remap it to an adult profi. You know, who knows what those 250,000 plans will do. But we need to, you know, submit everything we do. Even oral hygiene instructions has its own code. We, we're not sending it in. Uh, plus, actually documenting that helps from a risk management standpoint also. So, Absolutely. yes, send it all in. And the carrier's collect data like crazy it's it's amazing when i go to the code maintenance committee every year and listen to the five carriers that are there you know they 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 can tell you exact numbers of how many how much how many times certain procedures are submitted so so submit those codes put those codes in even whether you think they they don't cover this but go ahead and it's it's going to push our profession forward absolutely absolutely there you go. Well, gosh, that's one of the biggest reasons to care about these darn things. All right. Well, let's review our top five. So our top five things you might not know about dental insurance are, one, it's not really insurance. It's really our job to educate our patients and our team about that. Number two is there's a lot of plans all across the country, 250,000 plans, and there's no way we're going to know them all. So know the top 10 if you can. Number three, PPOs and the overhead and the money that you lose. Wow. That's a lot to understand about PPOs. Number four, balanced billing. That was fascinating. I didn't know about that. Um, and number five, list the full fee and the code, put in the code. (laughs) Well, Kathy, thank you so much for giving us all that information about insurance. You know, it's something that you sort of love to hate, I guess. I don't know, but, (laughs) uh, but a necessary evil nonetheless, and understanding how it works and how it doesn't work is really key to success. So if people want to reach out to you, maybe they have more questions about insurance. How can they do that? They can uh, reach out to my versus email at kathysforbes at gmail.com. So it's K-A-T-H-Y-S-F-O-R-B-E-S at gmail.com. Or they can reach me at 253-670-3704. I'm a, that's a Washington state number, but I currently live in Fort Worth, Texas. So yes, you can reach out to me at either of those and I will be happy to answer questions or talk to them. Awesome. And and she'll come and speak to your group too, if you Absolutely. Want I'm available for CE courses all over the place with all different topics from coding to insurance, to treatment planning, to all that stuff. All that good nerdy stuff. I love it. Is. 
I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I really appreciate your insights. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Now, everyone, we all know that only four out of five dentists could agree. So if you have something to add to this top five, or you have an idea for a whole nother top five, email me at amandahillrdh at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to include your dental top five. Make it a great day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of your dental top five. Be sure to join us next Thursday to hear more from Amanda. 